2: uh no jack farmer tonight oh. it's monday night podcast here on wrestling inc it's still gonna be a good one though don't, don't 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 just turn away from your podcast device just like that give us a chance it's the wrestling podcast on this beautiful monday night here in the holiday season i am Justin Labar the bar company from pittsburgh Pennsylvania. Joining me as he always does on Monday night. He's uh one part of the normal Triple J. He is north of the border in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. He is the Greek mystique. He is the man who made counting to three cool. He is the one, the only former WWE referee, Jimmy Corderas. Yeah. Oh, man thank you for that intro man i gotta
1: i don't know how you do it but i, I gotta get you to do these intros for me all the time
2: <laughs> like for all my, my
1: platforms all my platforms yeah. <laughs>
2: jimmy jimmy you have my card you have my rate just just call yeah. me up we'll make it happen yeah. <laughs> we'll make it happen and uh joining us tonight a special guest a filling in the third spot very excited to have it uh have this be the situation got to work with him in the past on this podcast very enjoyable bringing some style and flavor from the west Coast from los yeah. angeles california he is the one the only flobo boys flobo good evening sir
0: you know what sometimes cars something to change is a bad thing but i think it's a good thing for me today man so glad to be on the monday night set with you guys
2: yeah we're well, happy to have you it's gonna be a fun combination and look uh, a lot to talk about i was saying to jimmy uh prior to us uh going on the air here normally when we're this close to christmas you don't always get your best foot forward with wwe live programming but i thought uh, overall not to not to not to get ahead of ourselves i thought overall tonight was pretty interesting and enjoyable and had a lot of stories continuing to further and of course they really did set up their uh kickoff show of 2024 day one all of which we will touch on in great detail in a few moments but first let's do a few news items that you can find on wrestlinginc.com wrestlinginc.com 24 7 your news source for all that's going on in the world of professional wrestling and uh, this one's some sad news um, Charlotte Flair, who we know suffered an injury last week in her match against Asuka, it looks like it is uh, pretty bad. Uh, it's been reported by PW Insider that she has torn her ACL, MCL, and meniscus, so that is going to put her out for a large chunk of 2024 based upon how those injuries usually play out. Uh Jimmy, obviously t- t- terrible news uh, for Charlotte um, as we enter in what is the most you know, exciting season, which is WrestleMania season, that she's, you know, going to be not available.
1: No, absolutely. The timing couldn't be any worse. Uh, no, you, Not that there's a good time to get injured. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like, and especially something like this, you know, I saw the accident uh, online and stuff like that again, just to, you know, see what was going on. And I'm like, is sometimes it's, I don't want to say that it didn't look as bad as it turned out to be. But if it felt like a lot of damage was done in that one minor mishap,
2: yeah. Sometimes that, no, I don't
1: want to say minor. Minor is the wrong word, but in that one mishap.
2: Well, yeah. Sometimes it's like the most innocent looking things end up being the worst. And then sometimes we see these guys and girls look like they get, the, get their head taken off and and they're fine. Flobo, there's never a good time to be injured. Obviously, Absolutely. wishing Charlotte uh, the best in her uh, inevitable surgery and recovery. I guess if you're WWE though, you have great depth right now at the, at the on the on the women's roster. So. Hate to lose her, but it is it is next woman up, and you got plenty of women to choose from.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think that's one of the benefits WWE has, especially coming out of the pandemic. There's a, a deep roster. Um, to to the toughness of Charlotte, I mean, she continued the match. I mean, the figure eight with a busted knee is something I wouldn't even attempt to do. I tweaked my knee with the gym like last week, and I'm still wearing the knee brace around the house, you know, taking every <laughs> precaution. But the thing is about Charlotte specifically, and I don't want to speak for her career, I'm not an insider, I'm just a fan. You wonder when you hear all the uh, the interviews about her late station career wanting to do other things when you have an injury so serious late into your career. I wonder how that actually is going to change the trajectory of that career. So it's something that I'm kind of concerned about as a fan. I want to see more WrestleManias with more Charlotte's, but I hope this doesn't become like a sliding doors moment for her.
2: No, great point, great, great take. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you most wrestlers I think they want to go out on their own terms, so if, of course, that would be a factor for her to come back and, and have whatever run or whatever match, but but to your point and and and, and I'll, I'll kind of continue with it. What else is there for her to accomplish at WWE? I mean, she's done it's, it all.
1: Yeah, I mean, like they, they did emphasize the point that she's a 14-time champion, you know, obviously playing off the, her dad's 16 title reign sort of thing. So making people think, will she get there? Will she match her dad and that sort of thing. But at the same time, she has accomplished so much in this industry and it's unfortunately when you can't do forever, it's not like you can, you, you know, like acting where you can act into your eighties and nineties, you can't perform in the ring. You can do other duties behind the, you know, behind the wall, behind the door, uh, in the background where people don't see, but at the same time, you know, it's an unfortunate business where there is a limited amount of time that you can spend in the ring and hopefully she like you said she gets to go out on her terms as opposed to having to be forced out
2: well speaking about time in the ring uh somebody we found out that is going to have more time in the ring uh looking like for at least the next five years in wwe and that is dirty dom uh pw Insider reporting that dominic mysterio has signed a new agreement uh sometime in the last month is is what it's believed to be that this deal came to came to pass, and the deal for the next five years keeps him with WWE. And then this piece of news came out uh, during Raw, I haven't even got a chance to talk to either of you about it, so I'm springing it on you guys here live. But uh, shouldn't be too much of a shock. And the world of the street is that his father Rey Mysterio has also now signed an extension. So uh, allegedly, ben, his father allegedly <laughs> his father <laughs> the <just To> Flobo <laughs> uh, uh, the the family the family now multiple generations getting paid. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, it, it's funny about Dom's journey. I know when he was on NXT 2.0 for that little sabbatical two, two, last year, I was like, oh, man, you'd be kind of cool if you stayed down there and develop. But the guy is a heat magnet. I mean, I always think it's getting pumped in the way that boo the guy. I haven't seen that kind of level of disdain since Big Guerrero in character, of course. I think it's a tremendous asset for the brand. And seeing them in Perth this week is definitely young enough to really be one of those gateway performers for younger fans. So.
2: Probably Dominic, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, this is all speculation, but this is just kind of uh, speculation and assumption based upon how we know this business as well as just sports in general. You know, Dom, was, you know, Dom has been there for several years. He's, he, you know, came in working alongside as a babyface with his dad. You know, so I, I kind of think he probably came in and he was on his rookie contract, right? When you get mm-hmm. drafted, you get your rookie contract. I gotta think that Dirty Dom, with all the with all with with, with the twenty twenty three that he's had and the growth he's had in the last few years that he just got a nice graduation from his rookie contract to uh, whatever this next deal entails.
1: Uh, That's a, that's a nice way of putting that he got probably a heck of a raise. Let's just put it that way. And you know what? Well earned. I know that people say this person deserves it. This person deserves it. He earned it because these, like you said, he's just a heat magnet. Look at tonight, like during the promo segment. I don't want to get into the the show too much, but it's not just tonight; it's every night. He just grabs the mic and as he puts it to his mouth, the crowd just—they're just on fire and boo, and they don't want to hear him speak and whatever. And he's gotten good at at playing off the crowd with that. He's just like he's—he's he's become such a great sponge and such a great heel, and it's. It's, it's a heck of a signing. It's a smart movie. He's a young man. It's hard to believe that I remember this little guy that used to come to the shows when, when, when Ray used to bring uh, the family, you know, and stuff like that when he was just a little kid and just hanging around and, uh, and, and seeing him do this. It's awesome.
2: And you know that there's some, um, there's obviously, even prior to him getting this deal, there's obviously trust in him because if you've looked over, you know, we've seen when John Cena's come back for little stints, he's worked some house shows and dark matches against Dom. You don't. You don't do that. That doesn't happen uh, unless they feel comfortable enough. And then, night. Uh, night after uh, Christmas next week, they're doing one of their big live events in the garden in MSG. And CM Punk's gonna have his first in ring match back for WWE. Won't be televised, but um, his opponent dominic mysterio mm-hmm. so you, again you don't you know obviously there's a huge investment in punk monetarily right now so you don't you know obviously dom has proven to the office into the locker room that he belongs and that he's there to that, he, that he's going to get the heat but he's there to be trusted and it's going to work well with you so good on you dom mysterio uh yes. from 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 doing hard time, <laughs> hard time. To, to moving <laughs> on up to the east side <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man.
2: Hard time. <laughs> All right. Let's get into Raw. A uh, big shout out to everybody who is watching live right now in the uh, chat room on YouTube, or if you're watching live across any of the other platforms. If you're not watching live and you're watching us uh, on delay or you know an archive the next day, or if you're listening to us, whatever the case may be, we appreciate you. Uh, be sure to leave a comment, give a like, maybe a five star rating on whatever platform you're using. We do appreciate it here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. All right, we kick off Raw tonight coming to you from Des Moines, Iowa, and we start off with the Judgment Day, which includes Dom uh, getting on the mic and getting some heat. Uh, and as Judgment Day is doing their thing, out comes R-Truth. His his, his bandmates came, went out to the ring without him. R-Truth, uh, confused why they left him behind, uh, starts to getting into it. J.D. McDonough says, uh, Truth, uh, if you if you don't want to get hurt, then I suggest you leave this ring right now. This then uh, leads the two to uh, make a stipulation for their match they're going to have tonight to where loser has to leave a judgment day and Damian Priest signs off on it, much to Rhea Ripley's dismay. And so we get a miracle on 34th Street street fight. Uh, so we got the obligatory Christmas theme uh, fight Right off the bat, got it out of the way. Uh, Christmas trees, uh, Christmas puns galore from Cole and Barrett. Um, All all, all kinds of nonsense. R-Truth does John Cena's moves. That's worth also noting in the match. Uh, And R-Truth is going to get the pin. He's going to get the win as he and J.D. McDonough go through a table, but R-Truth lands on J.D., and J.D.'s shoulders are pinned to the mat. So, Truth is the winner, Flobo, but we would later find out backstage from uh, Judgment Day, they're gonna let JD remain for now, uh, so uh, it looks like his t- it looks like his status card is already uh, a- a- dangling in the wind. Uh, what did you make of this entire opening uh, s- segment and then into the match? Uh,
0: wrestling Inc. what's up? The- uh, I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. Look, I like Judgment Day enough. I like our truth enough. For some reason, at first, it wasn't hidden from me. I didn't know if it was kind of like a retread of Arthur's character or what have you. So I walked into this match going like, okay, I guess we're doing the thing. Waka waka. But it really came through. J.D. McDonough is somebody I love. I love them more Jordan Devlin personally. He's kind of was like the Roderick Strong of this group. Kind of like, okay, well, we're going to add you in late. Do we really like him? Do we not? And there's real tension there for Dean and to to use later. Now, granted, it wasn't binding. JD's still part of the group, but how cool was it? Right after Rip, you get your holiday stuff out the way. R-Truth makes everyone laugh. He's in the judgment day for another night, and we could do it again next week or two weeks from now day mm-hmm. one. So I think all the marks were hit.
2: Uh, Jimmy, uh, R-Truth, he is an entertainment treasure. Well, he absolutely is. And, uh,
1: you know, uh, again, not, not not for me, but I had the pleasure of getting to know R-Truth. I just, he's such a good dude. And, and watch, you, you know, one of the hardest things to do in pro wrestling and get it over is to do comedy and to get people invested in that comedy and getting them wanting to see more of it. And R-Truth makes you just want to see more Art truth because he makes you smile. He puts that smile on people's faces and draws you in. And in this match tonight, he did that while, you know, performing in the ring. He He's just, he's a treasure right now. And he's one of those rare breeds. He's kind of, I'm going to compare him, not... To his in-ring ability to a Kurt Angle, but the fact that he can be serious, but he could also take that other side and make it, make it that, uh, for lack of a better term, that that goofy character, but make it work.
2: Yeah, if and, you and get my meaning. Yeah, and for the uh, newer or younger WW fans who are or who, who tune into this podcast who don't know, who haven't seen much of our truth or haven't they've really been watching so far back. I mean, this is a guy that a decade ago. Uh, was another resurgence of his career and was working main events opposite John Cena and the rock, you know, he and the Miz were in a team and, and our truth had several other serious iterations prior to that. Um, he was in a best picture movie, the wrestler. I mean, our truth has had a hell of a career, all things considered when you, when you actually really write it all down. Um, so, the state of the judgment day, we're going to, we're going to, just as we start with the judgment day, we're going to end with them, but I'll just kind of set us up here. So, right now, we have JD McDonough who loses our truth. And now, so his, once again, his status of membership is in question with the judgment day. Uh, we have, you know, Rhea who's back and she's, you know, she's, she's trying to fight, continue to fight off all the women. You have Priest and Finn now who the pressure is all on them to uh, c- to keep their tag titles. You have Dom who he's kind of on the downside because he lost his NXT North American title. Uh, Flobo, uh, this, the judgment day has, it's been raw. Raw has been judgment day all year. I mean, are you finally ready for the implosion or are we approaching just full on implosion here on this group?
0: It's hard to say only because the bloodline is so fractured and you're probably saying, what does one have to do to the other? I think there was a time in the late, late uh, fall or late summer where they were the Band-Aid, right? You couldn't put Roman on every week. You needed some kind of like someone to boost. You put them on Raw. You put them on SmackDown. Put them on NXT. I still think there's use for that, sure. But as far as like creative, uh, it is pretty much hanging on by thread. Take out away the JD story and whether or not Damon is going to cash in. It does feel like they're there for the sake of being there. The question is, if you pull the plug on JD, where do they go? What's next? I mean, Real mm-hmm. Ripley would be fine, but where does JD McDonough go, for example?
2: Right. Mm-hmm. And, of course, let's note Damien Priest still walking around with that Money in the Bank briefcase. More on that in a little bit. Stay with us here. All right. Up next, uh, Nia Jax. She comes out to the ring, but before she can even really get into what she wants to say, Becky Lynch interrupts her. Uh, that causes Jacks to just kind of stroll on out of the ring, and they have their interaction with Becky in the ring, Nia in the aisleway. So keeping some distance here between the two. And uh, Naya says she has more important things to do than deal with Becky. She's entering the Royal Rumble. Uh, Naya says they are worried about having the match of you versus I, Becky. They're worried because you're their moneymaker and that I will bust you up and I will hurt you. Let me stop right there to ask both of you because they did this. They did this very. This is interesting delivery. Was the they the crowd or was the they the office?
1: I think they left it up to interpretation for the audience to decide who they because obviously the hardcore diehard wrestling fans are gonna say oh she's referring to the office but the ones who are who are less you know peel back the curtain kind of people and just want to be entertained probably thought oh they're talking about us yeah they're you know they're they're, they're drawing us into the conversation so I think you're getting a bit of both here and I think they left it up to interpretation. And, uh, I think that's a good way to go because it gets, it keeps people guessing. Well, yeah, some people it, guessing, at it, least interesting,
2: interesting double play on words. So we continue on. So Naya delivers that line, but then Becky fires back and Becky's basically like, you don't want to have this match. Cause you want to kind of live off that little bit of fame, uh, uh, of being the one who kind of helped catapult the man, uh, run. She goes, Becky goes, you know, that if we have the match, I'm going to beat you and then you have nothing else to, to, to cling to. Uh, and, and then, they tease they're going to have a match, bring a referee out. The Nia says, no, no, no. We're going to have a match on my terms. We're going to do it in my hometown of San Diego, which is where day one is going to be in two weeks on January 1. So we're going to have the match. Nia Jax versus Becky. Nia proceeds to say, and then after I bust you up, you're going to be laying in a hospital bed with your daughter next to you wondering why you look uglier than you ever have. And that was fighting words. And here comes Becky. And we got... It wasn't even a brawl. It was just Becky jumping on Nia, just pounding on her until uh, security could could separate them. So, Flobo, yeah. uh, I haven't got to talk to you at all about this feud at all, so this is fresh uh, fresh for me to hear from you. Nia Jax, Becky Lynch, uh, have they talked to you into the building? Are you excited to see this? Do you care about this story that started five years ago uh, when Becky got her nose busted up or... Are you ready for something else?
0: Short answer is yes. But going backwards, I I like the fact that Nia's like, I want it done in my hometown. Historically, hometown wrestlers don't do too well. Like, how would you? It's a disadvantage. Uh, Look, Nia Jax is someone that gets a lot of hate on the internet space, and so to your other question about who was that statement for, it definitely was for, I won't say the IWC because that's very, very small, but I mean like the wrestling enthusiasts. If you look going into that Survivor series, Nia Jax was going to be the head of that brand, and it was one wayward punch, and everyone got behind Becky Lynch, and two weeks later, everyone had the unreleased like Becky shirt with her with her busted open, and she, it became a whole big thing where Nia Jax was an afterthought. So I really feel that was a part of a nugget of truth there, being like, oh, you guys are looking at Becky, but what has she really done? Yeah, she beat a passer Prime Trish in character. She took a year off during the pandemic, whatever. I, I actually was here week in and week out. So the reason why I like this is that almost like Judgment Day, there was a time where Becky was just kind of everywhere. He was beating up Trish. She was going to NXT. She was going to SmackDown. I wonder what would be the next direction for the man. So this is the first test. You're back on your home brand of Raw. If you find a way to dispatch Nia and Jackson way that makes you feel on board for you, especially now that Charlotte's out for WrestleMania season, this can be a total boon for Becky Lynch.
2: Uh, this is another. This is one match on a long list of matches that they announced tonight that are being advertised for day one. That feels like you know, ple worthy in terms of the, the weight. In my opinion, that's going into this. Uh, I, you know, I talked a little bit about this f- with the CM Punk Seth Rollins situation. I talked a little bit about this this past weekend, both Friday and Sunday on Boston Open, mm-hmm. but it applies to this match as well. Uh, and that is the blurring of the lines of the realism here, of you know. Wh- this thing started. You know, if you're if you're a really smart fan, this 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 feud started five years ago, but we never got a one-on-one match. Why is that? Were were they not in kumbaya status? And you know, they're they're pulling out some real punches in terms of oh, well, you got fired here. oh you know, they're 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 trying to give up some truce to it. And I think that that get, that uh, that affords them a very rare but special opportunity if all parties are working as they truly should be and trusting each other, mm-hmm. uh, which is. If 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 we the audience know that there's some real life personal animosity here, and this is not just pro wrestling storyline, then that gives these ladies the ability to go out there, and we're gonna be micro. We're gonna be looking at this match under a, a microscope. As ooh ooh, that strike looked a little snug. A little, a little ooh, mm-hmm. ooh was, that, was that a receipt? Oh, I think. Oh, are we shooting here. They have the ability. It, yeah, they have the ability. Uh-huh. If they can be on the same page. And if they have a true trust with each other, they don't got to be best friends. They don't got to be renting cars driving together, but if they can. But if they can just trust each other and say, "Look, we have a chance to do something big here. And I might hit you a little bit harder than I normally do. You can give back the same. Let's make this look good. Let's lay it in there, and let's make some money. Let's make some money. And God, and God forbid. Look, this all started with with Naya with a wild, random swing, as she called it. Not even putting her in this all started with, with Nia with a haymaker that lands on becky and legit busted becky's nose open that was the famous imagery that mm-hmm. again launched the man era if a little bit of blood should trickle into this there would be, there would be it would be very storyline poetic uh uh we don't often get blood with the ladies right. but, but i'm just saying i i think there's a great there's, there's grand possibilities for these two depending on how they want to play this match out
1: no, absolutely. And like you said, the, the, you said the magic word, there is realism involved. And when there is realism involved, it's easier. For, I don't want to say easier. It does, It makes it sound like, oh, yeah, so easy. But for them to come out and interact and do their promo segments, so to speak, it feels real because it is real. It's coming from real emotion. It's coming from a, a, a realistic background. So if I'm watching this, I'm looking and going, wow. You know, it, instead of looking at this like, man, she deserves an Academy Award for that. You're like, man, she, I believe what she's saying. That's what it is. It's believable.
2: Very believable. All right. Well, if, uh, if we're predicting that match to be hard hitting, uh, there's no prediction needed for this. <laughs> we got hard hitting with Ms. versus Gunther part two. Uh, stipulation here is it is for the Intercontinental title. Uh, This is Miz's second attempt going after Gunther, and the stipulation being that if Miz loses, he can no longer have any more uh, attempts for this IC title for as long as Gunther is the champion. Hard-hitting, welts on the chest, especially of Miz. Um, You know, the big points to note here uh, of the match, of how again, how close Miz came, but how putting over he did, and they, they are to Gunther. Miz hit a skull-crushing finale the first time. That's his finisher. This is a finisher that he's beaten a lot of guys. He's he's an eight-time IC champion. So Miz has beaten some guys. Skull-crushing finale. Gunther kicks out of it. And then later, we get skull-crushing finale from the second rope. And Gunther rolls out of the ring, so we don't even get the pin attempt. So twice, Miz hits his finisher. And twice, it cannot ultimately get the job done in time. Because Gunther's then going to hit a powerbomb and then has a stack pin on the Miz and gets the victory. So Miz, once again, Flobo, uh, showing that he is more than just the reality show guy, showing why he has the staying power that he has in WWE. But Gunther, 580-something days, we keep on rolling here.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Besides the fact, this is kind of a side, don't like the fact that Miz is hanging on DIY, but I thought the issue entirely. This match here is my favorite story, of the night, whether or not it was okay, I'm gonna try to beat you with with holds. That's not working with the Miz. Okay, I'm gonna try strikes. That's definitely not working. Uh, and then having uh, the injured hand, I really thought that was really cool. I, thing about Walter Gunther, it, Gunther is so good at at drawing you in. One of my favorite matches of all time was was Walter at the time against Tyler Bate at Takeover UK, and I get you know here's a guy that should not be as a bumbling oaf, but he's so flexible uh, to make anyone feel they have a chance. I was on the edge of my seat for this one which is kind of hard to do because i'm a jaded wrestling fan You know what i'm saying
2: yeah jimmy uh you know look this is miz's second attempt so already i'm like well if, if they wanted to have him beat gunther we would, we would have got it at the pay-per-view um it was positioned i think at like 8 45 eastern time so like it wasn't even like in a positional like it wasn't like it was the main event of the show so i i was really not crazy about it as the match is starting just from that standpoint I'm like ah but damn <laughs> they hooked me in they, yeah, and not only you, they hooked the audience in because
1: there was that sense of, of going into the match that uh, you almost felt like the audience was saying, hey, this could be a fun match, but we don't see Miz winning this one. But by, when they got to into it and they started telling that story and the injured hand uh, part of it and going into all those sequences, going into the finish, they got the audience, they bought in. And especially the, what I liked about the second uh, Skull Crushing finale, the one they did off the second rope. Um When he hit it, Miz didn't go for the cover right away. Miz sold it as well, sold the landing, as well, which gave time for Gunter to, you know, kind of start rolling towards slowly towards the rope. So, you know, it made sense
2: as opposed to the little things.
1: The little, the little things that matter. It made sense as opposed to hitting it, covering, and have him kick out. And now they just, you might as well just throw away the skull crushing finale and just call it the. Uh, again, put it in the same category. I have to say it once a week at least. The twisting, burning 450 hammer
2: phoenix splash. That they out our, you, know. you
0: hit it so perfectly every time. Yeah? I love
2: it. <laughs> that's your that's your next T-shirt. Right. It's gotta be it's your next deal. It's
1: just, it just it, 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 it's on both sides, so you, you know, gonna <laughs> Goes all the way around.
2: I think we got some twisting hammer. Bernie Phoenix 450 a little bit later. Um, that's your new your deal. Uh, after the match, real quick, we'll just kind of we'll leave this there to set up. After the match, later we see Gunther backstage with Kaiser and Vinci. Kaiser and Vinci uh, praising their ring general, but uh, Gunther happy for his his victory, but he's still none too pleased with his two henchmen who just can't get anything done these days. Uh, and and Gunther informs them that he's going to take a few weeks off. He's going to go recharge, but in the meantime, they need to do something to impress him. Uh, and quickly followed up Kofi Claus uh, comes by and delivers uh, some blocks of coal to uh, the, uh, the other two members of Imperium. So just mark that down. We'll get back to that here in a bit. Okay. All right. It's time for the advertised courtesy of Shinsuke Nakamura. It is the American Nightmare Before Christmas where Nakamura, with all kinds of visuals and and, and, and such, and then uh, of subtitles, giving a rhyming, <laughs> a rhyming poem about his situation with cody rhodes and and this nightmare uh this is all before cody then uh, attacks him right after right after the final line somewhere in there where he called his father inbred uh cody then attacks nakamura backstage they fight through the backstage fight into the crowd and eventually the security has to separate these two <laughs> flobo yeah, tis the season to be <sighs> jolly
0: i i <laughs> I, 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 I am at a loss for words there, Justin Lapar. I mean, when did the King of Strong Style get into the mind games business? And why is he rhyming? And why is he backstage with the book? I, I don't understand this. Look, I get it. Shinsuke Nakamura is everyone's side quest champ right now. You kind of go to a main story. He kind of jumps out into the forest like in an anime. Fine, I get that. But him reading a book is not intimidating, although calling it that inbred is pretty funny. Uh, I just want this to be over with. This is the opposite of not jacks and Becky Lynch. Just let them fight the chat like the crowd was chanting and get over with.
2: Flobo, Bah humbug. They had (laughs) they had they had menacing music, they had the WWE production editing things together. shinsuke even in his thick accent, still rhyming and hitting the beats of the rhymes. I mean, come on. Look, truthfully, in in the past years, if they would have tried to do this with Vince under the helm, this would have been. A huge creative flop i don't know i thought they, they put a, they put an attempt towards this
0: I, I say this man there's so many flavors of nakamura you mean the subdued NXT champ you mean the live violins you even mean rick boogs i'm on board but him reading a book no thank you Justin. a good day
2: I I, I, hit, I, I I hope he hits Cody Rhodes over the head with that book just, <laughs> just to provide a uh, reason for that book being around. Jimmy, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I I have to disagree a little bit with Flobo only because this was different. And, and, and like you said, he, he did hit some big lines there, especially the one about his dad. But instead of being in the back somewhere hidden and, and nothing happening and having Cody have to come out to the ring and challenge him and whatever, Cody found him and went after him. And it began there. He you know what I mean? He 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 interrupted the proceedings of the nightmare before Christmas. And I like that it it worked its way out into the crowd and and basically finished off there. That part I like that you know, where you know it's always that somebody says something backstage and nobody ever gets to them unless it's an interview segment somewhere, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, wherever wherever Shinsuke was hiding reading that book, Cody found him. <laughs>
2: I, I will say I will say this, though, I, I am, you know, last week they had that advertised match and uh, and I was a big believer that, OK, we have, uh, you know, still a good bit of time until we get to rumble. Uh, I, I, I was of the belief last week that Nakamura needed to get some kind of victory by hook or by crook, mm-hmm. you know, and it and, and ended up being what it ended up being a DQ at the very end because of, of him spitting the mist and the ref sees it. Um, and, and, you know, I see Bernie uh, DC from, uh, in the chat saying how they're doing, you know, they're having a match, a bull root match at that MSG show on the 26th. Again, it's not televised, but I, I do agree, Bernie. It's something that, you know, you probably could, people probably would turn in tune into Peacock for that. And the punk factor, um, Nakamura has got to get a win on TV in this somewhere. So I don't you know. We didn't get anything with him advertised for the day one. Quite frankly, the day one show is pretty busy at this point now. So now I look towards January 7th or 8th, whatever it would be. Um, I, Nakamura needs to get a victory. Uh, otherwise, all the improvements we've done with Nakamura's presentation and the promos and all the stuff, I almost feel like it's for nothing. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, so I, I do hope that this trans, this this moves us into another match and we can get something for Nakamura because I think he needs mm-hmm. uh, a win on well, Cody. I know Cody's losses have been few and far between and I know that he's probably getting primed and ready to be part of the top tier for Mania season here, but you know, I do don't. you think
0: Nakamura wins though? I mean, let's be honest. Do you think he wins or he's going to be just put on the shelf again? Like he's done in the majority of his WWE run. Well, I think,
2: concern. well, I think he, I, I would, I, I want, I want to, I mean, especially with the miss now, give me, get, find a way for him to win in a very, and with, with a great bit of cheating. I mean, I don't have, to, don't have to be straight up, but I, I give him something. I mean, at this point, give him, cause I mean, he went through, I looked through this past fall again, the presentation and, and everything has been enhanced But you know how many? I mean, he had several tries at Seth, couldn't get it done. So, I mean, he's just one by one, just falling down the ladder.
1: The the one thing you said, Justin, is you have him get the win by any means necessary. You talk about in in true heel fashion, where there's heat on him, because you can always get that babyface heat back on Cody. Yeah, easily going forward to whatever story, uh, him finishing his story. Because that story is always there. So yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm
2: with well, well, we'll
0: go, ahead. I'm with that with what you saying. I'm with that.
2: Well, we'll see where they go. Like I said, they did not advertise anything for them for day one. Not that they couldn't add something. Again, like it's a three hour show, so mm-hmm. they have time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see where it goes. All right, up next, we get a tag team title match on the women's division. Here we get uh, champions Piper Niven and Chelsea Green defending against Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Uh, and we've seen a lot of the new offense, the acrobatic offense from Carter and Chance in the previous weeks that be we consistently really trying to establish them to the audience. And for good reason, as we will find out, as we are going to see a big false finish with their keg stand, a Carter and Chance's keg stand uh, double team finish. That's going to be a false finish. But then they're going to hit the after party, which is basically um, uh, Carter holding up their opponent, uh, kind of propping them up while uh, Chance hits a 450 splash. And that is going to do it. New champions and Carter and Chance. Uh, So Flobo, uh, you know, these these young ladies, again, uh, they had a a solid run in NXT. But again, not everybody that watches Raw watches NXT. So this is a start from scratch project in some regards. Uh, Do you agree with Chelsea and Piper dropping the titles? And do you agree with them dropping it to these two?
0: Uh well, wow, that's a very loaded question there. Like mm-hmm. I I from I'm from day one, so I feel like if you take a whole look at Carter and Chance's uh it's where the names change, their run, a lot of them has been speckled with the close but no cigar. So I'm kind of happy they've won. I feel like it's really a chance for them to really show what they can do on the main roster. And thankfully though, on Chelsea's side, there's some stability in that division. It felt pretty quick in the scheme of things with the rumble coming and day one coming. Um, I probably would have done it tonight here in Iowa. I feel like another city would be a lot more appreciative of Carter and chance, but I think it was time. I think uh, Niven and Great Chelsea green did what they had to do. They brought those titles a little bit of heat. Now, you know what it meant to that be in the top of that division. I just wish it was a little, a little bit later on, maybe a little in January.
2: Uh, Jimmy, your thoughts on this title switch. No, uh, again,
1: uh, the, the crowd told you everything you needed to know. They seem to be more happy that the titles changed hands as opposed to who the titles went to. Because mm-hmm. like, I don't believe they have completely bought into, uh, uh, you know, Chance, Chance and Carter yet. So uh, they needed a little more time to get the crowd on board with them. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a cool moment. And it's almost like the, the, the Iowa crowd was like, hey, we had a title change in our city. That's awesome, as opposed yeah. to, hey, look, Carter and Chance won the titles. That's how it felt to me anyways. Yeah.
2: yeah, I look at Carter and Chance a little bit similar to how with the Creed Brothers, we'll talk about later, which is the audience still, they're consistently being on TV, being put on TV right now. The audience still, when the music hits and they come out, the audience still is not like real like, oh, are we cheering for them? Do we care? But then when you see them in the ring, they have offensive displays that make you go, oh, that's so cool, but still not sure about the character still like so you know carter and chance come out and they're s- s- fi- well, i don't even know what they're doing they got they got some kind of gun and they're shooting something in the air and i guess it's like a, i guess it's like a rave party kind of effect and you know getting their their big moves or the keg stand and by the way, they both look like girls that I would see doing keg stands. But Just just if I'm going to be judging books by this. Where are you,
0: Party LaBarque?
2: <laughs> <Right. laughs> keg stands <laughs> and after party... Um... Uh, I was being sarcastic. They don't look been on the text. stage.
0: Man, let's go to wine lounges instead. I get it. I don't
2: know. And, uh, you know they, look, they look more like a hey, glass of Chardonnay I, to me. Don't but get me wrong. I I grew up, I just, I grew- I'm still trying to piece together the, the characters, the, the yeah. gimmicks here. I grew up in the animal house era, so you have me. Uh, uh, never mind
0: then <laughs> well uh i don't think dancing gimmicks ever gotten over uh, I, I mean you think about naomi dancing bubba ray dj gabriel das wunderkind like yeah dancing mm-hmm. is fun but no one's like oh man they dance okay <laughs> yo give me that brodus clay ticket uh hey so, hey, yes. hey 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 hey, <laughs> hey. <is>, uh, Dango,
2: <laughs>
0: yes fandango had a hand gesture that is different sir that is creative. i don't think they're
2: dancing They're no, they're not dancing they're partying
0: Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. dance Like a rosebud, right? Uh, let's be real. <laughs> they're, not dan- they they're, partying. <laughs>
2: they're partying. <laughs> Didn't you see they grabbed Indy hartwell and, and Candice Larray backstage? <laughs> they're going hitting the town of Des Moines, Iowa. Oh Look gosh. out. That yeah, is no, punishment
1: nope. to the losers. Nobody nope, nobody danced like Rikishi, let's put it that way. See, true.
0: that that's a that's a character, man.
2: <laughs> Des Moines, Iowa. Jimmy, any memories of Des Moines, Iowa that you can share? I'm sure, you work that town. Yeah,
1: I, I, I've worked that town a lot, but uh, oh, the fact that I can't think of anything right out of the blue uh, for Des Moines, Iowa, Oh boy—that's <laughs> yeah. okay.
2: I put you on the spot. Though. I just figured you might—maybe you had a story. Uh, yeah. Mia Lee, dollar ninety-nine, saying, "I feel like they're going to lose to the Kabuki Warriors." Well, oh yeah, could Why be. Not? Yeah, I mean, because these tag titles, right? These women's tag titles are universal. They're they're both brands, right?
0: All brands, right. baby. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, yeah. So that opens mm-hmm. up to. Uh, Uh, That opens up. All right. We'll see what happens. But, uh, well, congrats to, you know, uh, I I don't know as much about Caden Carter, but Katana Chance, she was she 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 was under her previous real name at one point. Um, Got the Katanza, right? And she's Yeah. Thank you very much. You got that. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Ninja Warrior contestant once upon a time. So, I mean, cool to see that these two have come together and they've, they've got some gimmick, at least. We're just trying to still get to know it. Uh, but good on them. They they've worked their asses off, so I'm sure it felt good for them to get the reward of uh, live live TV and getting getting titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Tazawa right, uh, wants a match, and Tazawa gets his match. Tazawa <laughs> wants a match against Ivar, and uh, this and the, then the story here is Tazawa does get more offense than anybody in commentary uh, expected. Uh, but at the end of the day, Ivar hits the world's strongest slam. Shout out to Mark, Mark Henry. the world's strongest sh- slam off the second rope. So Ivar keeps on rolling. Flobo, we keep talking about how, you know, what a, what a good situation. Not always in WWE's history, if you're in a tag team, if your partner goes down, sometimes that means you're going to be sitting home or sitting catering for the length of that timeout. But WWE has decided to give Ivar a little, you know, it started out, I think kind of as just a, a one-off. And then he flourished in his series with Bronson Reed. And now he's he's on here squashing guys like Tozawa. Uh, what did you make of this? But more most importantly, Ivar. What 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 do you make of this Viking Ivar?
0: I am personally still not sold in Ivar. I and I know I should be sold because I love my hosses. I understand uh, the whole tag team separation thing. It does feel odd to be on Raw uh with, with that kind of character, like like with Valhalla and all that stuff. It seems very medieval times. And not not necessarily a bad thing, but it's kind of interesting you compare it to other characters on the roster. Now, that said, that is a big man that can move. And even though WWE has a lot of them and they're still coming through the pipe, like Oba Femi, Anastasia Jones, all those guys, it says a lot about the athleticism of the brand. So I'm on board. The matches don't disappoint. Uh, shout out to Jack Farmer because Akira Tozawa is doing everything that's asked of the guy. Uh, he's a pancake <laughs> this week. He needs to be spatula off the ring Cannabis Has been so much, so good uh, to fill in that role and fill in that time. You need that hour two kind of break to go... Hey, Hey, look, guys, we're a variety show. Still, we have comedy, we have this, and Akira's that slot. So, props to them. Props to both men.
2: Uh, yeah, look, what what does Al was been able to all of a sudden do and just and just getting TV time with you know whether it's the dance or just the ridiculous things, you know you you could look over at talent in other companies, T, TNA or AEW, would have you and say, oh, well, that talent can work circles around him or whatever in terms of work rate, but it's like you know what. Sometimes just doing something as stupid as being able to do a dance that people are going to laugh at or whatever, that's going to get you way more TV time and it's going to result in way more value. So shout out to Dazawa for just just accepting his role and just taking the TV time. Flobo kind of pulled the curtain back, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Um, So Jack's not here tonight. Jack was the last minute. No, because this really affected him. Mm -hmm. Right. He he felt that this was Tezawa's ticket. He thought Tezawa was next in line after he won this match tonight to challenge Gunther and dethrone mm-hmm. Gunther. IC record setting IC title run. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, he's not here with us for that. I mean, so so Jimmy, go ahead.
1: No, he still hasn't recovered from it. Is it, this is going to take him a while to get over? His, but uh, I, I will agree with you. T- uh Tizawa's doing something. He's filling several slots right now. And we talked about our truth earlier, you doing uh, a comedy character that gets over and works with the audience, where the audience gets entertained by it as opposed to going, oh, come on, I don't want to see that on my TV. Tazawa is making you laugh along with him when he's being funny, and he's also getting you to buy in. And there were times tonight, again, in the match, you figured, oh, there's no chance against Ivar. There's no chance. He did get a little bit of offense in. He sold really well. Even Ivar sold for him, for Tozawa as well. I thought the match came off well. And uh, obviously, you know, um, Tozawa at some point would be nice for him to win. This wasn't the night for him to win. That's all. Not, He's not no, a ninja, no, like,
0: too, by the way. He's not a ninja. That's way more important.
1: Right. That is
2: true. Uh, <laughs> w- worth noting, because uh, it happened. I don't know if it happened right after this or before this. I, I might have had my notes mixed up. But somebody who's been closely linked to Ivar, as I mentioned, Bronson Reed and their series of big men slapping meat. Um, we did see Bronson Reed backstage with Adam Pierce, And Bronson Reed wants to talk to Pierce about being uh, the next legitimate challenger for Gunther. And so they apparently were going to have a conversation that we we're not privy to um, that's interesting just because Bronson Reed certainly has been, get, been getting some wins. So that lines up in terms of the win loss column, but you know, Bronson Reed clearly heel Gunther heel. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what you guys make of that, but but, but they obviously tease that we're going to get that match here sooner than later. I don't know what you guys would make of, you know, is a heel going to dethrone the heel, the historic heel run, Jimmy. I, mean,
1: I, I, I don't see it happening because we'll, we'll people be excited to see that, you know, again, you'll have people just excited to see a title ch- uh, change as opposed to who wins the title. Yeah. And that's not what you want. And it, You know, I I keep making that circle reference with regards to the the wheel, you know, how it was made and how it's evolved over the years. You know, yes, we're in a different time where heels and baby faces sometimes are not presented the way they used to be back in the day where it was clearly defined. Baby faces acted this way and heels acted this way. There's a little more leeway now. Let's put it that way with how baby faces and heels act. (laughs) But when you got a heel versus a heel, it's one of those situations where the crowd just goes, you know a lot may not tune
2: out but just say
1: eh, probably get a good match but I don't care who wins
2: Flobo, do you agree with him uh, investing time in a Bronson Reed versus Gunther match given the heel versus heel dynamic
0: well, that's two different issues. Because for me, Bronson Reed is my my Creed brother, is my Katana channel. Like I like Bronson Reed. I thought he got same. robbed of his short uh, North American title run, but he's in the same boat where like people know what he can do, but not really into that. The heel versus the heel thing is interesting. I don't want to use the T word with Gunther because I don't think anyone's a tweener anymore.
2: Oh, I hate that word. I hate that word. But
0: but, yeah. but to be honest with you, because you know rule breakers break rules, and Gunther is someone who thinks the mat is sacred on a given night, he can wrestle as someone who's a protagonist or you can get behind him. Not saying he's a full-on good guy, but he can definitely do that if need be. I don't think it's worth it to do that on Bronson Reed by any stretch of the imagination, but what makes it pretty cool for Walter in his or Gunther in his position. But, yes, I wanted to see more opportunities for Bronson Reed. I don't think Gunther's the guy, though.
2: Yeah. All right. I'm a big fan of Bronson Reed as well. Um, so my thought with Gunther, uh, Jimmy's heard me say some of this, uh part of this is old news to jimmy uh some of this will be my new part of my new prediction i i've been saying since the summertime gunther gunther versus brock that's your wrestlemania match for gunther Yeah, you, know, you can start it by in, being the rumble and brock uh, eliminates gunther or gunther eliminates brock and then that causes brock to then laser focus into gunther and <laughs> we're off to the running. I think that's that's a mania match. You look at that, you're like, oh, okay. But yeah. but having said that, I think if you're going to have that match, get the IC title off of Gunther first. It would be weird for Gunther to be the IC champion and have a match against Brock. Brock's not challenging for the IC title, and if it's a non-title match, that's still weird. So, I, th- I again, I thought we have such all this time leading up to Rumble, build to a Raw main event, similar to how they did in the past with Chad Gable and Gunther, build towards a Raw main event with Gunther versus somebody, and let that finally be the moment that Gunther gets dethroned. I can't, I'm looking through the roster. I'm like, all right, I don't think it's going to be Bronson, as we've all kind of I, I, – that doesn't, doesn't feel. I mean, he's beaten Miz. He's beaten Gable. He's beaten a lot of the other people that are kind of in that mid-card ranking. LA Knight's over on Fridays. I, I don't feel like they would have moved LA Knight over on Fridays if they had some big plan for LA Knight to win the IC title. So I'm just looking around, and then i got to go, well, all right, maybe it's not here currently. Maybe it's NXT. And then I wonder, could an emerging Braun Breaker make his main roster splash debut – being the guy that would beat a Gunther, Flobo, Jimmy,
1: go first. I, I got. No, Jimmy, go ahead. No, no, I got, I got thoughts you. too because you know it, you make it. That's an interesting choice, and and is it believable for someone who watches all the products, like you said, uh, you can make a case for it. But you know, you have to introduce him
2: to the raw audience first and get
1: them, let them get behind him.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying Bronze, Bronze Breakers first night he does. I'm saying right. Yeah, well, well, but got, give, it's give it's me a couple weeks to build up. Yeah,
1: yeah, at least a couple of weeks, but the, even yeah. then, uh, you know, it's it's going to be one of those situations that almost sounds again repetitive. People will be more in tune with the fact that the title is off mm-hmm. Gunther as opposed to Ron Breaker winning it. That's what you don't want, and that's what you're running the risk of doing if you do it quickly. Yeah. Even if it is a couple of weeks, it seems, still seems a little quick.
0: Sure, Braun is a heel, but that aside, there is something really missing in that formula when it comes to Braun Breaker, and he's doing nothing wrong. He's he's doing what's, as I was asking him. he's in the matches, but it always feels like whoever his opponent is is the one you want to root for or know more about. Whether it's Brian Corbin or Carmelo Hayes, and so if you promote him now, you will totally strip any chance of him in reaching that promised land. As it is right now, I could be wrong, but I really feel there's something like missing in the core of what Braun is. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Plus, we'll, uh,
1: plus, plus, I was confusing Braun with someone from NXT. Never mind. Uh, yeah. But it still applies.
2: Yeah. We'll see. Um, you know, last week I interviewed one of Australia's favorites, Grayson Waller. He would tell you that he'd go ahead and line up an elimination chamber and beat uh, Gunther uh, there. But again, you're dealing with a heel <laughs> versus heel situation, so <laughs> I don't know. It, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, Gunther low key to me. I mean, there's a lot of talk of obviously Roman and does Cody finish the story part two against Roman. Obviously, Punk and Rollins, and there's that bit of a debate. Don't sleep on this IC champion and Gunther. Like, what is his Road to Mania going to look mm. like here? Because uh, the guy has certainly uh, established himself as being, you know, once he drops that IC title, he's immediately main event picture.
0: So Gunther versus Punk Mania, he win.
2: Night one. Well, I'll, I'll I'll get into some booking of Punk here in a few minutes. Uh, as as Uh <laughs> oh! What did
0: I start? <laughs> you
2: started something. All right, so we get <laughs> Seth Rollins coming out. He's Iowa's favorite son. Seth Rollins. Um, quickly, uh, you know, doesn't even, you know, quickly kind of, you know, talks about had the confrontation last week with Punk, um, but immediately just kind of pivots. Not even going to really talk about Punk anymore. Punk's not there tonight. Uh, Immediately pivots to his next challenger, which is on day one against Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre comes out, talks about how he's proud of Seth, gives praise to Seth for telling the truth, looking at CM Punk's eyes and telling Punk what much of the locker room thinks and feels. And then Drew proceeds to kind of give an emotional story about how he doesn't just want Seth's title. He needs it. Talking about how he's gone back home and he's seeing his family and he's seeing his parents and they're getting older and health is declining and needs to be there. But then he's got to leave to go be the superstar that he is. And now he's starting to question for the first time ever, are these sacrifices worth it? And he's come to the conclusion that he needs to win this title from Seth because he needs to prove that all this is not for nothing. And that he needs to, he needs to do this because that that's what he needs. And, you know, it builds, the banter goes on, it builds, and eventually does actually ultimately, uh, stretch into a a brawl between these two again security comes out drew gets the better of seth gets an alabama slam on the steel steps but jimmy a lot of juice right here two weeks out for another title match for drew drew has had matches he's been unsuccessful uh but once again here this one this really did make me feel like man like are, are we are we are we getting towards Seth dropping this title? Did you feel any conviction of that happening or or, or no? It
1: made me feel like there's a possibility that it can happen, and that's what you want. You want people to think that at least there's a chance going into this match that you may see a title change. But the other thing, too, is during this, uh, before they got into the physical uh, confrontation, you were listening to Drew tell that story about family and that sort of thing and having to leave them. And, And anybody who's been in this business can tell you, how true that is and the feelings that go along with it. And we talked earlier about being honest. That's how that felt coming from Drew. It felt like honesty coming out of Drew. You almost felt that emotion come out of him. And that's, what's making this work as well, you know, because you talk, you know, you said the, the term tweener and we don't like yeah. that word because, and Drew is kind of in that position where he's pretty much a heel, but is he really kind of, sort of? I don't know, but you know, at the same time, this current iteration of Drew is working. It's getting people invested in him because he—you can see the conviction when he speaks. Yeah, and hear it. Sorry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I. It's kind of interesting. He came out saying, I don't want to fight. and ended up fighting anyway. It always (laughs) breaks down to a conflict thing. I like Drew. I like him enough. I think it's just, and I think he touched upon this a month ago. I mean, he just, unfortunately, he was the pandemic champion. And we all want to put that time period behind us. Like We want to put behind Apollo Crews' Nigerian title reign, right? And so what happens is, a lot of things get pushed by the wayside. So Drew is like, I need this championship. I wanted to give it to him. I think he deserves it. But do I want to see another run? I'm not so sure.
1: Wow. I don't know. Oh, what wow. happened here? It looks like we lost Justin.
0: Well, let's talk about the next match then because mm-hmm. I okay. have questions there, Jimmy. So okay. uh, so Imperium, right, was mm-hmm. making sure that they were just having a time of their life, attacking Kofi Claus, who was mm-hmm. giving out gifts. I know. People, all I'm just doing the things that most Santa Claus would do, but Jey Uso makes it safe. So we have a tag team match: player Giovanni, mm-hmm. Vinci, Ludwig Kaiser, Jey Uso, and Kofi Kingston. How do you make it this one?
1: No, I I actually like the match, and it's the the, the the you talk about the crowd being into some of the crowd is so into Jay Uso right now, and and it's and it's working with him. Yeah, the yeet thing, the yeah. whole thing. Yo, yo, you saw, and it, man, it's just working, and it also. Uh, adds to the story between uh, the two Imperium members, Kaiser and, and uh, Giovanni, having issues as well. It's those little things we talk about, you know, it's working. And that's the main thing. It is working and to helping to get Jay elevated and also to create some tension and interest in in uh, with Imperium and getting people going, okay, we know something's going to happen here. When and what is going to happen?
0: Yeah. Well, I'll be honest with you. As much as I think Imperium are a bunch of uh, rap scallions, they did nothing wrong. I mean, Kofi was the one that gave them coal. You can't expect <laughs> to give out coal and not get a beat down. Um, right. But, but a more important thing, things, Imperium has been to the promised land so many times. They were the go-to tag team champions. And even though it's a storyline now, Gunther slash Walter was right. The past year mm-hmm. really hasn't worked for them. Can Imperium work? together as a faction of staple or is that just like this wax and nostalgic at this
1: point? It would be great if they're the one faction where they can co and end up coexisting even after all the tension and get it done, even though they're a heel tag team.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm with that, and also with the Jay Uso thing, I thought the separation between Jay and Jimmy is going to be like a week or two, but it looks like he's here long term. There's some talk in the chat about having Jay Uso in that IC title division. Do you see them there, or do you see him still in the mix for the world championship?
1: Oh man, uh, I don't know if I see him in the mix for the world championship, it, it'd be interesting, especially if. Roman is still there and well, he's on the other brand now. So he, you know, obviously it's going to be Seth or whatever happens there. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if I see Jay, Jay in that picture just yet, but they could build him to be in that picture. He has definitely got the, got the juices. He takes all the right boxes in the ring. Again, it's just getting that character over as a believable top guy, as opposed to, you know, Upper yeah. level guy. If, uh, I'm, if
0: I'm, I do get what you're meaning. Uh, I think Jays is a mixed bag. I like the 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 day one stuff. It's just me, so I love the yeet stuff. Uh, I I do think it it is kind of cheesy because I mean I've said yeet like five years ago and it's back now. Well, but yeah. it, the the crowds into it. the kids are buying all the action figures and I really can't complain. Mm-hmm. Of plus making the save.
1: But uh, I'm just uh, but one of the things though. Before we go get, get off this topic is is I'm just happy to see. Uh, Kofi Klaus back. <laughs> Kofi, Kofi was always one of my favorite people, man. Did hey.
0: he stuff his booty? That's the question I had. <laughs> what, what was he doing? No, hey. talk to me about that. You worked with Kofi
1: before. What kind yeah.
0: of person is backstage?
1: No, man. He's just he's just so so. You know, you talk about the good people, good people who just wanted to to do the do good, not just for himself, but he also cared about others as well. He was just a fun guy to be around. Made the day enjoyable because especially on those long TV days, yeah. which can get really tedious, because you're there early, you're there all day, you're going through all, okay, am I on the show? Am I okay, I'm on the show? What am I doing? stuff like that? Kofi was one of those guys you can hang with and just have a lot of fun with.
0: Real, real quickly, because it it ends up being a fake. But I'm West Indian American, so the years where you had the Jamaican accent, I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, finally Caribbean superstars! And I told Mm -hmm. him that one to an interview. I said, hey man, I know it was fake, but thanks so much for at least pretending to be one of us. (laughs) It means a lot. Uh, but but let's move on uh, The tag team match mm-hmm. Our main event actually or One of our main events here uh, The mm-hmm. Creed Brothers of um, Diamond Mind still Because they still have Diamond Minds on their singlets Taking on Judgment Day between Priest and Balor The match was a human demolition derby Bodies were flying The Creed Brothers don't wear knee pads But they're still going to try and pretend like they do But uh. it's Judgment Day getting the win They walk away with the win Jimmy, welcome you to this one
1: no, I, I'm fine with that because, uh, you, you know, I talk always and down here, and you've heard me how many times say it since uh, the couple of times we've been on together, the crowd tells the story. And at first it felt, again, like one of those situations where the crowd wasn't buying into the fact that the Creeds were, had, had a chance of winning the titles tonight. And you could tell by the lack of response they were getting. But as the match progressed, the Creed Brothers started winning the crowd over.
0: Yes, and they started getting
1: you. on board and then by the time they got to you know the hot tag and let's start going to the false finish to lead up to the finishes the crowd had bought in completely and they were with the match and they were loving it and they actually at times it looked like they thought that there was a possibility that the Creed brothers could win the titles and if they, if, if they were to win the titles it wouldn't be one of those situations that I mentioned earlier where oh it was cool to see the championship change hands they would have been Legitimately happy to see them taken off, you know, the judgment day and them winning it. But uh, uh, I think it was the right choice here to not have them put in that spot just yet, because I still think they need to win the crowd over more and get them more on board.
0: Okay, so here's what up with that with a lot of talent here. A lot of the NXT call us with, with Chance mm. and Carter and Bronson Reed and now the Creed brothers. I mean, we talked about having the crowd buy in, but do you know it? Is it a singular moment? I mean, you are out there in the crowd sometimes, or is it kind of a thing where sometimes you just got to throw them out like a kid to water and see if they swim? Like, what is the process of ensuring that they have an opportunity that, that's not too early or too late?
1: No, no, It's a little bit of everything And it was easier back in the day Because we, when they ran so many live events Slash house shows That's where you got the feeling From your audience live Whether they were resonating By the response they were getting at those shows And it you, you, you can sense it on television as well Especially, you know If they quote-unquote Enhance the sound a little bit But uh, still, the audiences who, you know buys a ticket pays money to see these talents and if you get them invested that's fine and i think again like i said they don't have that opportunity to go out to the and do as many live events to get those uh get themselves honed in for lack of a better term
0: justin Lapar, wrestling gang raw after show podcast talking about our main event man how you feeling
2: can you guys hear me yeah,
0: yeah. It sounds like
2: you are. Uh, There's the literally a, a blustery snowstorm that just went through, and my, my internet's blinking orange. I've lost everything. So, of course, I'm on my phone now doing this. Oh, wow.
0: Wow. Oh, Talk man. about Akira Tazao. This is the real Iron Man of the show right here.
2: Live, <laughs> live so, podcast. And, all right. Where, where are we at? Are we, are we in the main event tag match? We're in the we're yes. main event yes. tag. Yep. Yes. Do you guys say anything about it?
0: Uh, I, I was about to go into the whole uh, what does it take to be a superstar because the crowd wasn't into the crease at first, but Jimmy nailed it. So you're up, baby.
2: Well, uh, I think, again, the, the crowd is like we said with Carter and Chance. The crowd is trying to figure out, you know, wh- who these guys are. I, I, quite frankly, if you're there live, you're probably confused. Commentary does a great job. Michael Cole's talking about the, the crease and, and the training with Daniel Cormier and, and the Duke University records. Uh, Michael Cole in commentary gives a lot more, uh, you know, paints the picture. So hopefully that starts to translate as people then hear that and go to these live events. You know, this was a very entertaining match. I actually thought for a minute that this was going to be the Creed brothers winning this. And that's how that that was going to be the whole point of this being the main event. It wasn't. Uh, Priest and uh, Finn retain. Jimmy, I got to turn to you as our resident in-house referee. There were several false finish spots, really entertaining, really entertaining. But the final spot that ended the match was Priest, for the second time, attempts a choke slam on uh, Julius Creed, hits mm-hmm. it, pins Julius Creed, one, two, three, but right as the ref hit three, Julius popped his arm up, or shoulder up rather, and Priest did not mm-hmm. look happy. And then post-match, Priest said some things and just kind of dis- tossed him out of the ring. What What do you think might have gone wrong here?
1: Uh, I think that there may have been some signals crossed there because there are times where you, you never know what they, what, what, at least from Damien's, uh, point of view, what's being said to the referee in the back, you have to end this, you have to end this. We have to go, we're running out of time, whatever the case may be. Sometimes they're hurrying along. I don't know if that was the case. I'm not saying that was the case or anything like that, but when they, they even re on the replay of the finish, it looked like he kicked out at nine and nine, 9.95. Let's put it that way. So at least if you want to continue with this story, you can go the replay route and see, it, you know, where, the, where uh, in judgment day complains to Adam Pearson, say, look, he did kick or not judgment day, but. Uh, I don't know,
0: man. Creed
1: Julius Creed brothers can say, look, I kicked out. I kicked, you know, so you can still play along, but it didn't look like it was supposed to end in that specific moment. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, it was kind of hard to watch. Justin, you with us still?
2: I you I can, I'm right? kind of like I, you guys. I, I don't know if it's me or you guys are bouncing in and out. I'm sorry.
0: Okay, yeah, man, but you control the stream, so you have to end it at some point. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, I'll just say this real <laughs> you, quick. The way, the way, right. the way it looked to me was. That maybe Julius got confused and didn't think that was the end, that that wasn't the finish, and that's why he put his arm up. And then Priest got Max, that of course then kind of like helps, that, or that, that 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 doesn't help. That kind of buries the finish of like you trying to do that hope spot kick out. So I don't know, but it, it seemed like that's it's that's what it came off as. As Priest was not happy of like we just did this whole match and like that the wires got crossed. Uh, Flobo, your thoughts on uh, Priest and Finn retaining? Uh, And then, and then if I, if I still have signal, if I'm not like zapped away, I'll give, I'll give you my final, my final pitch involving priest here as we go into the new year.
0: I like them retaining, even though I'm kind of tired of Judgment Day Wholesale, I do think there's still more time for the men's tag team division to have a, a good strata. I think the women's tag team division, whether you like to believe it or not, is better positioned right now. So it needs to be some little stability, but I really am waiting for the next chapter for Finn and Company. So I'm happy with the result today. I got to say this towards the end of the Judgment Day story, personally. Mm-hmm.
2: Alright, we're going to day one. We know we're going to have Seth uh, def- uh, defending his title against Drew. I wonder this. Again, I had so many feelings watching this promo. like, man, maybe Seth's run really is coming to an end. I wonder, is there room for Seth to lose this title on day one? Whether it's CM Punk costing him to where Drew wins, or whether it's CM Punk doing something to where it allows for Damian Priest to cash in, which I think that's I think that's a more attractive option because it's more more creative more creative options. But basically, we get the world title off of Seth. He has not been pinned in a singles competition in a year now, but we get uh, we start 2024 off big with a new world heavyweight champion, and either Drew McIntyre or preferred Damian Priest. You have punk that costs Rollins there, Rollins then costs punk rumble. And we still have more heated personal rivalry going into a grudge match at Mania. Because does this does the, does their match at Mania even need a title? And they could still be in a main event situation because it could have such attention to it to where it could still be a main event of one night. And we've seen WWE put a World Heavyweight Title match to kick off Mania because they they view kicking off Mania almost as important as main event. Uh, uh, J- Jimmy, I mean, your thoughts on is there room here to take this title off of Seth on day one?
1: I think there is, and in in a lot of their scenario there makes a lot of sense. Like you said, his match against Drew, uh, there's legitimate heat there. Again, here we're going to the realism. If Punk were to come out and cost Drew the championship, I mean cost uh, Seth the championship against Drew, and then here comes um, uh, Damian with the money in the bank, and at the same time Punk costs Drew McIntyre the championship, (laughs) <laughs> and Damien becomes your champion thanks to CM Punk uh, screwing basically two guys that don't like him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now you've got an opportunity here to really set up some, some rivalries. And, and again, the peeling back of the curtain and and the look behind and and people thinking, what's well, that supposed to happen that way? What the heck is going on? Who's booking this stuff? You know, <laughs> whatever the case may be, but uh, like you said, it leaves a lot of doors open, a lot of opportunities.
2: Flovo, as we go to day one, uh, do, you, do you think Seth retains or do you think there's some kind of shenanigans?
0: There has to be. I think for, for Seth to have a good Mania season, you really have to not get away from, but like minimize the working horse champ. You got a bad back. I mean, they tell me every week, right? So give him a chance to do a small reboot for opponent's going to be, if it's going to be Punk or somebody else. And I know Punk wants a Mania main event moment. I'm not sure if he gets one with this, but if you did do it there with a the stipulation, it can really seal the show because now WrestleMania's are like six days now, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. All right that's going to do it for tonight our uh, final monday night raw podcast here on wrestling Inc. of 2023 we will be back on day 1 for 2024 uh, appreciate everybody uh, sticking with us here tonight and tuning in uh, live or after the fact if you're if you're tuning in on the archive and you're wondering like I said it's just been uh, all of a sudden the internet out here so this is the this is the beauty of live live programming so thanks for the patience and sticking with We're us live yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a exactly. bar,
0: 240p. Let's go. <laughs>
2: Flobo, uh, final thoughts and uh plugs for how people can uh, follow your work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was a very strong way to end the year, especially in Raw, but sometimes the last Raw of the year isn't that great. Uh, but, yes, mm-hmm. uh, you can follow me on that uh, Twitter, at Flo-vo Boys. And every Wednesday, Jack Farmer and I combine like Voltron talk about NXT in a comedic way. It's called Draped in Gold. Learn more at
1: drapedingold.com
2: very good check it out check it out jimmy final plugs
1: no i agree i thought for for a a final raw let's put it that way and and leading into the christmas season the holiday season i thought they they did good they did well in continuing stories and making you want to tune in especially for day one and uh they did a heck of a job there and uh for me obviously you can catch me here on monday nights except for next monday night uh, and and usually on Wednesday nights after Dynamite as well, uh, the Ruffin It Up podcast with my good friend Brian Hebner, uh, my good brother in stripes, and uh, RJ who holds the glue together. Unfortunately, I can't make it due to scheduling conflict this week. So, but I'll be back again next week. No worries, I'm not leaving. I'm just uh, can't do it, and I'm taking a little break from the Ruffin rant just for the just for this season because I'm I, I want to just you know I, I'm do, I'm pulling a Gunter. Let's put it that way. With
2: the a, T with word. Yeah. Come on, spike the eggnog and keep the rants going. All right, no, no, it, it,
1: they'll be back and uh, you know, they'll be better, hopefully, than ever.
2: Good stuff. Well, thank you both. Uh, I'm at Justin Labar across the socials. Uh, you can hear me uh, uh well, Wednesday. Night, I think I'll be back here on Rested Inc., uh, assuming my internet's back up for Dynamite. Uh, also, i uh, gonna have a special podcast uh, episode on Busted Opens Feed talking about the matches that made us what was a match it was i was a kid that made me solidify as a wrestling fan also wednesday night on the busted open youtube channel live we're gonna have the uh, the busties the end of the year awards dave lagreca bully ray tommy dreamer mark henry myself thunder rosa we're all gonna be part of it it's gonna be kind of an award show feel to be live on the youtube channel so that'll be kicking off at 5 p.m eastern time i believe so a lot of fun stuff as we approach the uh, holiday season and then uh you know, busted open Friday morning, Sparkle Bar Sunday episode, no next, no episode next Sunday We'll be back on New Year's Eve, a lot of stuff Hit me up on the social, follow that stuff Flobo, thanks for joining us tonight, Jimmy thanks as always It's been a great 2023, thanks to all of you guys in the chat And uh, viewing and watching at home That's going to do it, be safe, be good Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, be safe Love, love each other Yeah, yeah,
1: great yeah.